following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington, and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. Very excitingly, we've got a new series, a new sermon series looking at the Bible, and Toby's going to be leading that series, teaching us later, thinking about the theme of love. We are looking tonight at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 to 21. And Catherine's going to come read that. So that is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 to 21, and it's on page 1175. I'll just start at 16, because uh, 17 breaks into the middle of that one. I pray that out of his, that is the Father's, glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hello, good evening. My name's Toby. Great to see you. Um, Really good to be here with you. a handout's coming around. Ed's passing around a handout. Uh, so you grab one of those. Uh, the banging over there, I don't think, is someone trying to get in. Um, keep an ear out. I'm fairly, I'm 90% sure, 99% sure that's just the wind. Um, but we'll wait and see. Um, yeah, as has been said, we are, we're starting a new series tonight uh, for the next three weeks, um, thinking about the, the love of God and Uh, Tonight, we're going to be thinking about just the reality that God loves us. Um, Next week, we're going to be thinking uh, about receiving and believing that love, um, things that can make that harder for us, things that can help us in that. Um, And then the week after, we're going to think about sharing that love. So it's it's God's God's love given to us, received by us, and then shared um, through us. Uh, I wonder what your favorite love song is. Um, I'm pretty sure most of us will have a song or a piece of music that we'll turn to. Um, uh, it doesn't, doesn't have to be romantic necessarily, um, just a favorite song or piece of music that captures something of, um, of love. Uh, I don't know what's coming to mind right now, but or your favorite book or favorite film. Um, there are probably more songs and stories on this topic than anything else. I'd be willing to sort of bet on that. Um, and that's because there's no feeling like being loved. There's no other feeling that, 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 is quite, that quite comes close to the feeling of, of being loved. How would you describe how it feels? I don't necessarily mean romantic love, though including that, absolutely. Um, how would you describe how it feels to be loved by another person? To know that someone really knows you like actually knows you, who you are, and to know that they really love you. 
they know you and they love you. What does that, what does that feel like? How would you describe that feeling? Um, could be anyone. A friend, brother or sister, boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife, uh, mother, father. It's probably the best feeling in the world, isn't it? Um, being loved like that, it's, it's joy. It brings joy. The, the kind of deep kind of happiness that lasts through, through the circumstances of our days, through the ups and downs, that's always there to be returned to. And what, is it, what does it do to you? How does it affect you? That kind of love, when you are loved like that, um, how does it affect you? What do you notice it does in you? It, it frees you. It frees you to unselfconsciously be yourself. If you're confident that someone sees the real you and loves the real you, then that enables you to be the real you, to bring the real you out into the open because you're not afraid of being rejected anymore. Often, normally, we're hiding the real us. But if we're confident that the person we're with knows the real us and loves us, then that enables us to bring out who we truly are because we're not afraid of being rejected. So it enables us to be the real us and it enables us to, to live for others because we're no longer living to try and impress or try and convince others to love us or that we're worth love, being loved, that we're valuable. We're not living to try and achieve that because we're already confident we've got it. And so we can let that go. We can stop living for ourselves in that regard. And we're, we're freed then to just live for things that are much more worth living for, like other people. So if it frees us in all sorts of different ways. What does is, what is being loved like that do to your relationship with the other person? What does it do to that relationship? It creates intimacy between you, doesn't it? it, it you start to love them in return. Even if you didn't, you know, at the beginning, if you're receiving that kind of love, then you, it draws love out of you. Um, you start to, to reciprocate. If, if any relationship true relationship uh, of any kind is really going to flourish. Um, both people have to be really, have to be confident that the other person loves them. And that's because of how, how we're wired. That, that is how we are wired as human beings. Um, knowing, like really knowing, really believing that we are loved is so deeply important. Um, it, can't, it can't really be overstated. Uh, that is that is how we're wired. It's essential to our functioning as, as healthy human beings. Our bodies need food and water uh, to flourish. Um, our hearts to flourish need to be loved. And that is because, fundamentally, we are made in the image of a God who is love. The Bible says right at the beginning that we are created in the image of God. And the God that we're created in the image of, the Bible also says, uh, 1 John 4, verse 16, is love. God is love. And the Bible talks about God as uh, one God, but in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, and speaks about Father, Son, and Spirit existing 
forever, for eternity, in a perfect relationship of self-giving love uh, between, between the three, giving and receiving love forever. That is, it's integral to who God is, Father, Son, and Spirit, uh, a God of love, and therefore it's integral to who we are as people made in his image. The trouble is, human love, as we know, is deeply imperfect. Um, lots of us haven't, won't have had lots of experience of being loved in this kind of way. Because we are, we're fallen, the Bible speaks of us as being created in God's image, but then having fallen from what we were made for uh, because we chose to turn away from the true and living God. Um, and we became broken, essentially, and we don't function in the way that we were supposed to. Uh, we don't love in the way that we were created to anymore. So even if we are lucky enough to have another human being love us in that kind of way, it still won't be enough. It still won't quite be what our hearts need, and they will still ultimately, in some way, let us down. But that is okay. Though painful, it's okay. Because, yes, we were made to be loved and to love each other. But more than that, more than that, we were made to be loved by God. We were made to be loved by God. If we are going to flourish as human beings, we need to know the love of God. Because we were made, we were created to be loved by him, the God who is love, we will never be satisfied or truly free in ourselves unless we truly believe that he loves us. We need to know this, not just intellectually, not just in our minds, not just as a, an abstract truth. We need to know it in our hearts. We need to know this love in our guts, in the foundations of who we are, in the deepest possible part of who you are. We need to know, believe that we really are loved by God. I don't mean that we need to feel it all the time, um, because we are fallen, because this world is fallen, we, we won't feel it all the time. But we do need this love to take root in us, to sink down deep into who we are, so that sometimes we feel it. And hopefully, more and more, we feel it. So, do you really believe that God loves you? Do you really believe that God loves you. I don't know what happens in your heart, in your mind, when you hear that question. Um, maybe all sorts of things. This series is hopefully going to give each of us a chance to, uh, to ask ourselves that question and to believe, either for the first time or more than we have before, that the living God loves us. But, big question, before we go any further, is this actually something that God wants us to be thinking about? Um, that's, a, that's an important question to ask. Are we being too sort of 21st century, me and my feelings focused? Um, is this actually something that God wants us to spend time thinking about?
Um, let's have a quick look at Ephesians 3, uh, the passage that was read out earlier, and it's going to be on the screen as well. Um, Ephesians 3 we'll reads, uh, yeah, 17 to 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is um, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus um, and he's praying that the Ephesian Christians, that the Christians in this church would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that they would grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is for them. He's praying that they would know how much Christ loves them, which is the same thing as saying that they would know how much God loves them. Um, Christ is Jesus, is the Son of God, is one person of that Trinity, that three-person God. Um, Jesus Christ is God himself. And what we see again and again through the Bible is, is that it, it speaks about the love of God in Christ. So it's almost as if Christ is the love of God um, expressed to us. Christ is what the love of God looks like. Um, is how, how God uh, loves. Um, so praying that, that the Ephesians, that we would know the love of Christ is saying the same thing as, as know the love of God. And notice, this is, this is something that they'll need power for. Um, this isn't something that's necessarily straightforward. Um, he says, praying that, uh, yeah, thanks David, on this slide, I pray that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And then a bit further down, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power um, so this is something that, that they'll need power for. Um, and notice that the love that is being talked about on the next slide is a love that surpasses knowledge. Um, so it fills up all our minds can take. It, it involves our minds, but then it goes beyond that. It, this love is more than what a human mind can contain, more than what a human mind can comprehend. Um, which one reason why we might need help in grasping this. Um, but God wants us to know it. Uh, this is something that, that God inspired Paul to write. God, God inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words. This is a prayer that he gave him to pray. Um, this is something that God wants us to be doing. Uh, God wants us to pray this prayer, and he wants to answer this prayer, um, as we see from halfway down. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So this, as we come to this topic, this is where our hope is. Um, here should be hope and anticipation and expectation. Uh, however discouraged 
you might feel in this area when it, where it comes to you, the love of God. However hard you might find it to believe it um, or to feel it, this is our hope. God wants us to ask for this. He wants um, us to come to him and ask for us to know his love. And he is able to answer. He's able to answer this prayer. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And notice that um, this, far from being just just sort of man-centered and and just for our own benefit, this all leads to God's glory. Um, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. So you coming to God with your, the need of your heart to say, do you love me? And him answering that prayer in power, saying, yes, I do. And helping you to know uh, that leads to his glory. He is glorified in that. Um, This is something that God wants to do for us. So let's, before we go any further, let's let's pray. Let's pray this prayer um, for ourselves, for each other, um, that God would do this. Father, please, tonight, over the next three weeks and across our entire lives, please would you strengthen us with power in being by your Spirit that we may grasp the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may know and believe that you love us, that we may get something of the reality of what that means to be fiercely loved by the God of all things. Lord, come and make this a reality in our hearts and minds. We need your help, Father. Amen. So we've, we've asked God the question we will be asking God the question, do you really love me? And it's important that we do ask God for ourselves as simply as we possibly can, whatever form that question takes for you and in your own heart. It's important that you voice it to God. He won't get tired of hearing it and he won't get tired of answering it. And his, his way of answering each person is going to be slightly different because every human heart is slightly different and um, God knows that and God is very happy to, to speak his love to each person in a way that they can hear most clearly but when we turn to his word and we ask that question we find that there is a consistent heart to his answer um, the whole Bible is, is full of uh, God answering this and demonstrating his love in all kinds of different ways Um, but there's a consistent heartbeat throughout his answer to this. Um, Let's go to the next slide. Here are just three places in the Bible where uh, it talks about the love of God for us, um, the love of God for the world. Um, You've got it on your handouts, so you can cheat and look down, but um, for the sake of argument, uh, here we go. We've got the the beginning of three different verses. Um, Romans 5, 8, John 3, 16, 1 John 4, 9 to 10. Uh, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
For God so loved the world that this is how God showed his love among us. So whatever these verses are getting at, it's getting at something that shows us the love of God. Somewhere, something that, some way in which God has chosen to demonstrate and reveal and show to us his love for us, the reality of his love. Um, You can probably guess what it is, or you can look down. But next slide. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So when we ask God if he loves us, he points us to the cross. Yes, he says. And this is how much. God wants us to know how much he loves us. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to be utterly settled in our hearts that he loves us. He knows that this is the love that we need. And this is his answer. The cross is his answer. Do you love me, God, is a deeply personal question. It's probably the deepest and most personal and most kind of basic question of our hearts. We do not need a a doctrinal answer. We don't need an abstract truth. We don't need um, just words. Um, We need that. We need that truth, but we don't need that alone. But God hasn't given us just words. This is not just a doctrine. This is an act of God, a moment in history when God didn't just give words, he gave himself. So let's just spend a few moments um, meditating on the cross. We see love revealed in what it motivates someone to do. What does the cross tell us about the love of God for us? The cross tells us the love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to give what was most infinitely precious to him. His only son, eternally beloved, given to suffering and death. And the son of God, as we've said, is God himself, Jesus. So in Jesus, the triune God was was giving himself. And so, number one, the love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to give what was most infinitely precious. Number two, the love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to become a man, to become a finite human being. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead the infinite God, Lord of all the universe, to become a finite human being and to be 
tortured. Before going to the cross, Jesus was uh, tortured, whipped, beaten. Infinite God of all things, becoming a finite human being, tortured. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to let himself be mocked. The God who is worthy of all worship and all honor and has been worshipped and will be worshipped for all eternity um, allowed himself to be mocked and humiliated out of love. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to let himself be nailed to a cross and left in agony to die. That is what love led God to do. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to refuse to come down from the cross. In any moment, Jesus could have come down from the cross. Um, people were mocking him, calling him, saying, come on, come down from the cross if you're, if you're really the son of God. Um, he didn't. He stayed. He hung up there. Though every second must have felt like an eternity. Um, we know that. I don't know, you'll have had this experience when we're exercising um, and you're, you're trying to, um, I don't know what you're doing, if you're uh, trying to hold some sort of str- you know, strength exercise. Everyone's on the plank? Sort of, yeah, you try and work out your core. You try and hold this position for as long as you can and you're trying to get to a certain target, number of minutes or whatever, maybe just seconds. Um, each second starts to feel like an eternity and you can stop whenever you want and so quite often you do, it's just, it's too hard and so you just, you just choose to stop um, because you can. On the cross, Jesus could have stopped it all. He could have come down. He could have finished it in any, any second. And each second that passed was obviously infinitely worse um, than just doing a bit of exercise. Um, this, was, this was agony. This was a cruel form of, of torture and execution that the Romans had come up with. Um, and Jesus, God himself, was enduring this. And he was choosing in every second. And each second must have felt like an eternity. He was choosing to allow it to go on and making that choice again and again and again, even when he was experiencing the fullness of what it meant to be on the cross. The love God has for us was strong enough to lead him to go to the cross and to stay on the cross. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead a God who has been eternally, forever, a community that that relationship of love within himself to endure aloneness, On the cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There is a sense in which God experienced separation within himself. Um, Jesus experienced aloneness for the first time in his entire eternity on the cross. A sense of distance between him and his father. And in some ways that must have been the worst agony the love that God has for us led him to choose that. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead a pure and holy God. The whole Bible testifies to God's holiness, God's purity of character. He's utterly perfect. But the love that he has for us led him to 
take our sin and our guilt on himself. To become as if he were sinful and guilty. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to endure the wrath of God. As he took on our sin and our guilt on that cross, Jesus was paying the price, the punishment that was owed for those sins, for that guilt. He was enduring the the physical pain of the cross, but the spiritual agony of the wrath of God, the punishment that was deserved, that we deserved. The single most terrifying thing in all reality And Jesus, God himself, was enduring that out of love for us. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead God to die. The one who has life in himself, surrendering himself to death in Jesus. The love God has for you is strong enough to lead an infinite God to do all of this for you, even though you're tiny and finite compared to him. The love God has for us is strong enough to lead this holy God to do this for us, even though we are sinful and undeserving. In no way did we deserve this. We deserve the complete opposite. Romans 5 verse 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4 at the bottom. He sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Later on in Romans 5, he calls us God's enemies. Um, we, were, we were God's enemies. We were sinners. We were people who, by nature, ran in the opposite direction from God, chose to do exactly the opposite of what he wanted us to do. Um, and yet, he still did all of this for us how great must his love be for us if he chose to do that? This love of God for us did not fail or falter at any point. This love is stronger than anything. It was put to the ultimate test on the cross, the the absolute ultimate test, and it didn't fail. This love was strong enough. This love endured. It could not be broken. And that is what the cross says. And so much more. But we are loved more than we can possibly imagine. We can't imagine a love greater than what's being demonstrated at the cross. And that is the the point. We are loved by an infinite God of love. He loves us with everything that he has. And that's why he points us to the cross. Because that's where he gave everything that he has for us. Nothing could demonstrate a perfect love more clearly than the cross, which is why he points us there. That's why he says, look, that's that's how much I love you. But it's important that we don't leave it there. Um, this is how we know God loves us. This is where he has demonstrated once for all time um, his love. This is where he's shown us the depths of his love for us, um, which is why we have to keep returning there, to, to keep growing and keep knowing this love. That's why we've got to keep going back to the cross. But his love is not a past event. God's love for you is not a past 
event. God's love for you is a present reality for you to live in now. He looks on you now, and he loves you now, in this moment. That much is the point. It's not that he loved you then. It's he loves you now, and he loves you that much. That is your reality. Next week, we're going to think about what can make it hard to receive that, to actually believe this, to really feel this reality that God loves us. But tonight, we're just going to stop there. We're not going to go further than, than that. We, than just the reality that God loves us um, and that he has demonstrated that and this, that this is our foundation, that this is where we root our confidence in God's love. And we're going to sing a couple of songs now um, that give expression to this. As we do that, if you do find yourself just completely convinced in your heart that God loves you, then use this as an opportunity to praise him and to thank him. If maybe you're not fully convinced, um, if, if on one level you are, but on another level it's not quite sinking in, then maybe use this time to tell God that, just to, to tell him, just be honest. Say, yeah, this is what I find in myself as I think about this, if I'm honest, and be, be open with God about that. If he loves us this much, then he's going to be okay with that. He's going to be okay with us being honest with him and us asking him our questions. So let's use this time. Ask him to show us what we need to see of his love in the way that we need to see it. Um, and let's, let's sing to him. Let's praise him now.